One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. Quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie, also from Quince. Ooh, Mm -hmm. okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking. I'm going to toot my own horn. Effortlessly chic, whether it's winter or or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like, truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. Hello, and welcome to Forever 35, a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves. I'm Dori Shafrir. I'm Kate Spencer. And we are not experts. We're just two friends who like to talk a lot about serums. Welcome to 2020, Kate. Well, I'm happy to be here. Me too. It's a fresh decade. Yeah. Is it? The, it's the start of a new decade, correct? It's not technically the end of an old one. This you is- know, our, our friend and... Uh, she thinks just bought it. Host Caroline Moss was debating this on Twitter the other day. And what did they decide? They were they were basically told that it's the start of a new decade. Okay, so here we go. We yeah. are. It's a fresh start. Fresh start. New things to come. New things. Yeah. Or old things will become new again. Oh, I like that. Let's all start using VCRs again. Um. Yeah. No. No. Um. But just a quick reminder for your new year. We have some merch. We do. Yeah. It's real fun. You can jump into the new year with a Intenchi sticker. 
Sweatshirt. Sweatshirt. Leggings. Reframe the narratives. T-shirt. A tote. Yeah, a tote. You want to tote things around? Yeah. There's a lot of great stuff in there. A drawstring bag. Hmm. Yeah. You know, everyone needs a gym stuff. Drawstring brag. Yeah. Drawstring. I can't. (sighs) Dory, it's 2020 and I still am (laughs) stumbling over words. A drawstring bag. Yes, indeed. Forever35merch.com. Yeah. Um, and everything we mention on the show is always on our website, forever35podcast.com. So we thought for this first new episode of 2020, because mm-hmm. last week we we did a replay. That's right. Um, we would talk about our 2020 intentions, just yeah. kind of what we're hoping for for the new year. And I was actually thinking about this before we gathered today to podcast, which was like, I really actually... I love setting intentions. I do not like the word resolutions. Now, if that's your thing, awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, anything goes here. Sure. But something about the idea of intending to do something as opposed to a resolution, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know, just works for me a little bit better. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Because as you know, listener, if, if you're new here, you might not know this, but we welcome you and we will tell you, we don't always nail our intentions. No, I'd say we have like a 50% completion rate. And we love it. Yeah. So it's fine. These are just things individually that we're considering. Yeah, that we're just kind of putting out there into the universe. We're stewing on them. Mm. Just making them into a warm winter stew. Yum. And we would love to know kind of where your intentions are for this year. If you even set them, maybe you go into the new year and what frees you up is not setting a single intention. Great. Well, shall we start? Yeah. I love this intention that you have of enjoying movement that is freeing and liberating. I don't quite know what that means yet. Does it mean like dance? I think it just means having a different perspective on exercise and movement. Because I've always thought about it in terms of like, what are the results of this going to be? I mean, even here on this podcast, I was like, I'm going to get ripped. And then that led me off on a very different journey. Rather than like, what does it feel like? And how does it make me feel like I really, I love the feeling of swimming, which Mm -hmm. we're going to get to on your list Mm -hmm. or excuse me, on your intention later this week. Um, But I love the feeling of like, I have riding horses on my list. Mm -hmm. I grew up riding horses. I love that. You're a horse girl. I was, and dare I say, still am a horse girl. I love a horse. (laughs) We want to start 2020 with the declaration of I love a horse, but I do. I love horses. Um, and I love riding. I love being around them. I love like cleaning up their poop. I love everything. Wow. Okay. Yeah. A horse girl through and through. Once a horse girl, always a horse girl. I mean, a horse person, you know, there's a horse, whatever. Yeah. Once you're, once you go horse, you don't like that's it. Wow. I don't know. I think if you're a horse person, Sammy's laughing over there. But if you're a horse person, you always are a horse See, person. I just, the, I just can't relate to this. You were never a horse I person? I was not a horse person. It was not in my like DNA to be a horse person. See, m- my mom was a horse person. Yeah. So it was like literally in your DNA. Yes, it was. Mm-hmm. She, she, when she and my dad made me, yep. she gave me that horse yep. gene. <laughs> yeah. Like I didn't really, I knew like one person who was into horses. It was not like part of my, Milia, if you will. I, I will. And I do. I mean, I went to horseback riding camp. You really did it. I love horses. And and being around them is very soothing for me. And mm. it's I I love, like energetically, I like being around a horse. I just love a horse. Okay. 
but yeah, so I'm, I'm just, I'm trying to kind of think more about movement in terms of like how it makes my body feel good. Like I've been getting back to Pilates in terms of healing my old tennis elbow and my, mm. my tilted pelvis that's always wobbly. So yeah, rethinking movement for me. There we go. That's my number two. Great. Dory? Yeah. Practice radical kindness? Yeah. Get into this with me here. So this is Dory's list. This is my list. I was thinking that in 2019, I feel like empathy was a big theme for me. And as we've been talking about on recent episodes and many episodes. Yes. And now I'm thinking going into 2020 that I want kindness to be a theme for me. Because kind like kindness has never been a trait that I've like thought of as a defining trait. I think I'm like generally a kind person, but I also have never been like, I'm defined by my kindness. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so I've just been like, oh, this is a thing that I think I want to kind of explore a little bit more. And do you have thoughts on how you how it will be executed or how the kindness actually exists in a tangible way? Like, what does it look like to you? Yeah, I'm not sure about that yet. Maybe it means like being a better friend. Um, Maybe it means like being more supportive of people, even strangers. And I mean, I think kindness is sort of wrapped up with empathy. So it's not a shock that I would want to explore this more now that I've been doing all this empathy work. I think that's really great. Well, thanks, Kate. I mean, I think you are a radically kind person. That's very nice. You are. You're much kinder than I am. I don't think that's true. No, I do. (laughs) You are. Okay. I mean, I will just accept it. I'm not, I will not try to people please my way out of the situation. It's very hard for me to accept a compliment. But thank you, Dory. You are welcome. I appreciate that you see me. <laughs> um, so you want to continue breaking your social media addiction. Oh, F me. It's so hard. I am so addicted to social media. I am not getting into Instagram right now. And like, I think about it every day. See, this is so interesting to me because I feel like I, I like look at social media a lot especially Instagram and Facebook. Facebook, I was off of for a long time, but then I got into like a lot of Facebook groups Mm -hmm. and I do enjoy those. And I feel like I make connections with people and I'm not on Twitter that much. Like I check in on Twitter, but I feel like, I don't know. I like social media. I don't dislike it. I enjoy it. I think too much. I just, I find like... And you think that it's like detrimental to the rest of your life. Yes, I do. I actually really, really do. I've noticed in, in cutting out... So can I give you my current social media setup? Yes. No Instagram, period. Uh, Twitter, I I look at like political commentators on Mm -hmm. Twitter. I allow myself at, I have a blocker on it right now on Mm -hmm. my phone. So at seven, at 7 PM, I can check it in the morning before 7 AM. And then on weekends, I can see it. Okay. Facebook, not on my phone, can check it on my computer. That's how, that's my current setup. And how do you feel about this? It's so much healthier and better for me mentally. Great. My phone usage has gone down because I can track it on my iPhone. Yesterday, for example, I was on a plane with wireless for six hours flying across the country. I read an entire book on the flight instead of 
stare, just scrolling, which yep. is what I normally, I would have just scrolled. Yep. And having those boundaries, even though I still can kind of have access to almost all those things, has really been, I, I'm getting, I can feel myself getting more done. That's it's awesome. Easier for me to focus. But, you know, I don't like missing out on things on yeah. on Instagram. And I also, the urge to constantly post things, like I went to Boston for the weekend and I wanted to, con- I just kept thinking of things to Instagram or I wanted things I wanted to talk about mm-hmm. and not having that outlet was very interesting. I don't know if it's good or bad. Yeah. I, I don't think social media enhances the quality of my life. As I think it does more to m- mess with my life than it does to enhance it. Okay. So that's where I'm at. I'm looking at your list again. Make your home more pleasant and homey, but also maybe move. <laughs> you could make the new home pleasant and homey. I could. Yeah. I feel like we've really outgrown our house. And see that. for the last few months, we were thinking about trying to buy a house. And I just don't realistically think that that's going to happen in the next, definitely not in the next few months, probably not in the next year. I mean, you just need so much money here in Los Angeles and we just don't have it. And so, and I'd been resisting moving to another rental for a long time because I was just like, what is the point? Like, we're going to spend so much money to move. It'll be more expensive. Shouldn't we be using that money towards buying a place? And now I'm just like, I don't think, I don't think we're going to be able to. And I need to get out of this house. I don't hate it, but I'm also like, we need more room. We need more space. And I acknowledge that I'm lucky and privileged to be able to even consider moving to a larger space, but that's where we are. I look forward to it. You're a good decorator. Thanks. But I feel like I've been like, I don't know. I feel like this house has like sucked all the joy of decorating out of me. And we just have so much stuff. And like, no matter how many times we like declutter it, we just, and especially now with Henry, there's just so much stuff everywhere that like the thought of decorating, I'm like, how would I decorate? Like, there's no room to decorate, you know? Do you have a storage space? Like an actual, like, monthly we have, rental storage No, unit? we have the shed. But would you ever get a storage no. space? Be- we talked about this, and we decided that anything that we would put in a storage space is something that we don't actually need. Mm. And storage is expensive. Mm-hmm. We so, had one in New York, and it was like having a tiny apartment yeah so we were like that's pointless like we just need to get rid of more stuff this has been an ongoing theme kind of like your social media stuff yeah these are our ongoing, <laughs> these are our uh, ongoing themes um but i'm like trying to wrap my head around the idea of moving to another rental so i don't know i'm like do i do i go through the effort to make my my current home more pleasant or do we just decide we're gonna move I don't know. I mean, I wish I could make that decision for you. Thank I mean, you. I my vote would be for you to move. Let's talk about your hobbies. I mean, we just blast through this one. Look, I want to have like some fun hobbies. Yeah. I don't have a hobby. Yeah. And I can't, it's very hard for me to do something without being like, why don't I turn this into an Etsy store or something? Like what? Totally. I don't know why I can't just do something to enjoy it. Someone asked me recently what I do in my spare time. And I was like, uh read <laughs> which is you know what that's 
perfectly. That's enough. Yeah. But I don't have like a hobby. I've tried to have hobbies. I guess I have too. Like I wish I painted or something. I, I don't yeah, even know. Totally. Like I can't, I've always wanted to take a ceramics class. I tried that. It was horrible. No. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like what? What's my hobby? Yeah. I guess my hobby is this podcast. That's not make any sense. No, so this, this is, is work. not a hobby. This no. is this is your job, Kate. I know. And I also like writing, but that's my other job. So yeah. I don't know. This is confusing. Maybe horses will be my hobby. Ooh, mm, a hobby horse. <laughs> I don't even know what a hobby horse is. <laughs> Isn't it like a rocking horse? I think so. Yeah, there we go. There we go. All right, Dory. Yes. Yeah. So I want to be more on top of my finances this year. Another consistent. Another consistent theme. Dory and I Shafir feel like theme. I have been more mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, in part because we met with a financial coach this past year. But it does just feel like I'm not as on top of them as I should be. So. It's a pro. It's a process. I feel like if you it reflect is. on how far you've come, thank you. That is a good way of looking at it. Reframe that financial narrative. Hey, girl. Hey, you hey. just helped me reframe it. But truly, I mean, because yeah. I mean, if we were a year ago or two years ago, as we've talked so much about this on the podcast, like yeah, we were in a lot of debt. Yeah, yeah, and you were not as organized. You weren't working with a financial That's planner. True. You've, That's you've true. come a long way. I okay, think. thank you. You're welcome. Oh boy. Well, we kind of touched on this, but I have embraced confidence and self-respect and saying no with compassion. No is a complete sentence. I know you said that on a recent mini episode. (laughs) I don't know. This is just my self-work. This is my inner work that I am going to be doing for the rest of my life. So just put it on the list. Great. Maybe therapy is my hobby. (laughs) I'll run that by my therapist when I (laughs) see her this week. See what she says. Is it cool if you're my hobby? (laughs) Definitely going to say no. Um, So something I put on this list is that I want to see my family at least once a quarter. I like this one. I do too. How often do you see them now? I think it is roughly about once a quarter. Like, Meaning I I, I feel like I see at least someone in my family. Someone of the Shafrir clan group. Yes. Not that I need to see everyone in my family at least once a quarter, because that would be really hard. But, you know, we live very far from people. And I I do wish we could just like drop by. You know, I was thinking about... Thinking about the Kardashians. Oh boy. How they're just always at each other's houses. I know. And all their kids are best friends. You know, it was Courtney, two of Courtney's kids' birthdays recently. And like, which one's Rain? It was Rain, I think Mason's birthday. And like, Kim's, she was like, oh, like, Saint and Rain are our best friend. Like, and I was like, oh, you know, say whatever you want about them. And people have a lot to say about them. But like, they do have a strong family bond and they all live really close to each other. <laughs> Like, what? Nothing. I just love you talking about the Kardashians. <laughs> this is not in character for you. And really? so, are you a Kardashian fan? I, you know, I wouldn't say fan necessarily, but like, I'm fascinated by them. I am too. And I, I will say, I agree. They are. They do make time for family. Yes. Yes. They are always hanging out together, and on holidays, they spend holidays together, and like, they just and they're a matriarchy. This is all true. I don't watch the show, so I don't know if I don't like, either. currently Rob is on the in or on the out. Like I don't know the details yeah. of Kardashians. Listeners, 
we can do a whole mini episode about them if you want to call in. Listen, this just crossed my mind. I agree. I like. I love that. I mean, they are, they do have the financial means to of see each course, other spend time but together. they but they live in close proximity to each other. They're all in Calabasas. They're right? all in Calabasas or Hidden Hills or that whole. These are magical neighborhoods here in Los Angeles. That, that whole we area, that to. whole region. And you know, I don't need to live three doors down from my brother and sister or my parents, but like. It would be nice if we could just like drop by. I know. I, 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 that's, if I have grief about one thing about living far away from my family, it's that. Yeah. Just not being able to like know each other in a more intimate way. Yes. You know, like it's more like holidays. Oh my gosh, we see you. Totally. Yeah. So I love that too. Okay. I might, right. I might join that commitment. Okay. Great. Okay. Here's my new commitment for 2020. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> this is I'm going from working on my confidence to commit to squalane oil <laughs> and see what happens. I mean, squalane's great. So I've had a I've been doing a lot of thought on my skin this year. Mm-hmm. I also just wrote, in addition to the squalane commitment, simplify my skin stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I've been getting a lot of chin breakouts, as listeners okay. may know. And I think it is timed with my menstruation. Okay. Which is actually kind of beautiful. Yeah. It's like my zits alert me that my period is coming and I, I thank them for that. I yeah. appreciate their service. But I also recently, whenever they come, and I, I immediately am like, got to put all the things on to like burn these zits off my face. And then mm. I was like, no, slow down. I'm going to take a pause. I'm just going to wash and squalane. Okay. Um, well, this kind of relates to seeing family. I want to FaceTime with my friends more. My friends who don't live here. No. We can FaceTime too. <laughs> but anytime I'm there. We do see each other a lot. I think this is a this is a great one. Like period. Yeah. Make more time for those relationships totally. in whatever way you can. Yeah. Um and then you want to do new things with the podcast and I want to do new things with the podcast. So I this was a mutual intention. Gotta put the podcast on here. I feel like we are both excited about producing content, Mm -hmm. creating shows with people. It's a lot longer of a developmental process than I originally thought it would be. Yeah. There's Um, a lot of moving parts. Yes. But we're excited about working with people and bringing new voices to the podcasting world. So that was on both of our lists. And and I think just kind of do new things. We were interested in doing live, live, some sort of live shows or events. Mm -hmm. That's something that we're talking about. Also takes a lot longer to figure out. And then also Dory, Let's figure out our email. Oh my God, yes. It is such a mess. <laughs> it is such a mess. Two years of this show in our inboxes. Just a mess. A mess. What, what are your thoughts about expand, about podcasting in 2020? I think we're on the same page. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. Yeah. We love podcasting. We do. <sighs> Whoa. Whoa. What are we going to do this year? I mean, so much. So much or none of it. Or none of it. I hope we do some of it. Would you like to ride a horse this year? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I would. Great. Kate, I would. <laughs> Horsing around in 2020. Oh, boy. Sorry. Sam, you want to ride a horse? Yes. All right. Lucy? Team horse excursion. I would love to do a little horseback riding trip. Great. Okay. All right. Let's take a break. And when we come back, we are going to be speaking with the oh woman behind Chemist Confession. So excited for this to be our first interview of 2020. Beyond. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You know, Dory, we talk to a lot of really fantastic, intelligent people on this podcast. But I don't know, maybe you're like us and you want to go even deeper. Mm, I'd love to go deeper. We like to go deep. And that's not only possible with today's sponsor, but also easy to accomplish on Masterclass. Every year, I get really into the classes offered and the instructors offering them. Like I'm all over the place with the things that I like on Masterclass. But this year, I am very interested in the class Redefining Feminism, which is 14 Lessons from Gloria Steinem. Okay. Now, they dissect issues women face in the U.S. and ways we can play a role in the feminist movement in our everyday lives. Look, I majored in women and gender studies in college. So this is right up my alley. But even if you didn't, even if you're like, this is the first time I'm hearing those words. I would argue, especially if you didn't. Yes, Get into it with Masterclass because this is the year you can really learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Go from just talking about improving to actually doing the things you've been wanting to do with Masterclass. And it doesn't have to be redefining feminism with Gloria Steinem. It can be gardening in your own garden or your yard or patio. It can be learning to cook Indian food or designing a space that you love. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master like negotiation with Chris Voss or think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or maybe capture your vision through photography with Petra Collins, Masterclass has you covered. With Masterclass, you get unlimited access to intimate one-on-one classes with the world's best. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash F35. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash F35. That's masterclass.com slash F35. Kate, I feel like we are like barreling into summer. It's happening so fast. It is. And I feel like also with summer just come more social events, there's weddings, there's nights out, it's vacations. I mean, like all the things happening in summer. And what I love is that Honey Love has just the right thing for all those events. Feel comfortable and confident this summer with Honey Love's best-selling Superpower Short. The Superpower Short smooth shapes and lifts, giving you a flawless silhouette under any outfit with targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas you need less compression. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. Speaking of working with your bod, the crossover bra, which I'm wearing as we speak. I wear that thing every day. I do too. Uh, It's my favorite Honey Love piece. Let Let me just tell you why. Yeah, get into it. Do you want to tell me why? (laughs) No, no, I was just going to say, like, I, 
I, I don't even need to wear it to events. I wear it like the event is every day of my life. Yes, that's such a good way of putting it. The bra gives all the support of traditional bras without using any underwires. And just like sidebar, I have put on some of my old underwire bras lately and been like, oh, God, like get this off of me. No, thank <laughs> once you. you. Once you start wearing Honey Love, you're just like, no, not yep. going back. You see also, how it could like, be. Yes. Also, like summer sweat under those underwires is like, ugh, the worst. Now you don't have to worry about it. Get the support you need with the comfort you deserve and treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market. Save 20% off at honeylove.com slash forever. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash forever. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started. So shape your life with Honey Love. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. Quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie also from Quince. Ooh. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking. I'm going to toot my own horn. Effortlessly chic. Whether it's winter or or summer, they've got premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14-karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. Well, Dory, our guest today... It is Chemist Confessions, Gloria Liu and Victoria Fu. They are here. Hello. Welcome. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having us. We're We're so so excited. (laughs) We're so pumped to get into the nitty gritty of skincare. Oh, yeah. Um, Before we get started, let us introduce you all to our audience. Gloria and Victoria are two formulation chemists that quickly became close friends being cubicle buddies at a major 
beauty conglomerate. After a few years formulating skincare products, they saw firsthand that skincare had become really difficult to navigate and shop for. So they started an Instablog to share their chemist perspective via transparent skincare science with some added silly cartoon doodles. And last year, they went on to launch a skincare line that embodies their mission of transparent, safe, and effective skincare. And we should note that you have a huge following. You are beloved, revered, referred to often when we yammer on about skincare. And you are invoked. Yes. And we're just so thrilled to to have you both here to talk to us today. Oh, thanks for having us. Yeah, those words really uh those, strong words. <laughs> no no pressure. pressure. Yeah, we definitely set you up there. Like starting to sweat. <laughs> um we before we kind of launch into the many listener questions we received for you, um, we would love to just kind of hear the origin story of your lives together pre-chemist confessions and then how you got started working together. Yeah, so I guess I'll go first. Um, I'm Victoria, by the way, and <laughs> so they know what voice it is. Um, but uh, I guess I had no idea I was actually going to go into the beauty industry. I studied chemical engineering in college, and um, actually, my road was starting to push me towards pharma. Um, I was doing, uh, I guess, a master's thesis in like nano medicine. Um, and I was looking at the career track of pharma and was realizing like, this is really not for me because pharma is high pressure, um, long project timelines. And it was just, I, I don't think ultimately I, I really loved that avenue. And so, um, I just, luckily enough, my research was actually an acne research. So it kind of just led me to think, oh, it would be fun to work for a beauty company, um, specifically in skincare. And that's how I ended up actually landing a chemist position at L'Oreal. And then it kind of turned in, I mean, L'Oreal, to be honest, like I learned a lot um, in terms of product development um, and R&D. And I guess uh, one thing that Gloria and I both share, and I'm sure she's going to share her side of it too, is that we just realized that all our friends and family were so lost in buying skincare products. And you just become that go-to person that people ask, like, is this good? Is this bad? And the only way that I could end up really telling them if it was good or bad was just by, you know, going through the ingredient list. And um, I think that's inevitably what pushed me to be like, hey, um, maybe there's a way to do this better. And, you know, the ultimate track of a chemist, I realized, you know, I learned a lot, but I don't think I was going to be there for my whole career. And um, yeah, and then we met Gloria, I met Gloria and... Hi. Yeah. <laughs> I'll let her tell her side and we can talk about how like we ended up doing this whole venture or this blog really. <laughs> yeah. So this is Gloria. <laughs> I had kind of a similar story. I also studied chemical engineering school. Um, unlike Victoria, my, I kind of, I had concentration in sustainable energies. I always thought that I would pursue something in solar or wind or some form of sustainable energy, but uh, it is a field that lacks a lot of funding and lo and behold, <laughs> there are no jobs to be had when I graduated. Mm. And I love the story of, um, 
um, when I got I got an internship with L'Oreal first, mm-hmm. and at the time, the only job that I had lined up was a uh, a process engineer at a paint company. So my job would literally be to watch paint dry. <laughs> so. <laughs> When an internship came about for me to um, dabble in formulating lipsticks, I was like, I'll take it. I'll, I'll do it tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of how I got started. Um, skincare was kind of an accident. It was just it, it just happened to be the field I landed in. And and just for the audience, formulation uh, formulation skin um, in cosmetics can roughly be broken down to makeup, skincare, and hair. Mm-hmm. Um, but it turned out to be really great. And um, we've learned a lot. I learned most of what I know through work yeah. Yeah. Um, before. And it's so funny now. Um, it's not, well, it's not funny, but I guess a lot of our followers, when they ask us questions mm-hmm. um, and just, just knowing that I was just on that side before I got into the industry and seeing how these common questions is it just it's not helped by the industry and the way mm. the way it's run and yeah um, i met victoria through work we had many cubicle moments where i was hiding her cubicle when i don't want to go to a marketing meeting <laughs> <laughs> and vice versa <laughs> yeah i literally squat there and after a while we realized we share kind of similar frustrations and and i guess doing chemist confessions in the beginning it was definitely a little bit of a event fest we yeah. we feel like the chemist voice is just kind of lost right there's no yeah. real chemist voice out there and we found that it would be helpful to hear from we well actually we weren't actually sure it would be helpful to be honest right, right. <laughs> when we wrote the blog we were like oh this is so technical and no idea but at the same time we we're like well you know as formulators when you work with the ingredients um there's just that angle of knowledge that we thought could be helpful um, for someone when they're at least shopping for products. So that, I guess that's where it all started. And yeah, <laughs> it, it's honestly taught us a lot. I'll be honest. Um, I never had an Instagram before this Instagram. Uh, just fascinating uh, learning curve, I guess, in terms of social media. And yeah, Gloria had an Instagram for her cat. And that's Aww. the extent I'll, I'll have you know my cat had 4,000 followers at one point. Wait, which that's a lot. That is a lot. It's not for anyone, let alone a cat. Yeah. Um, well, we actually wanted to start with ingredients because I yeah. learned a ton from your Instagram just about kind of what ingredients we needed to pay attention to, but also more importantly, like the actual list of ingredients and what ingredients were actually doing anything and what were in like sure. such small concentrations that they were essentially meaningless. Um, and so mm-hmm. one of our listeners wanted to know how far down an ingredient list do ingredients stop being relevant? Yeah. Um, okay. So I, I'm assuming the ingredients they're looking for is actives mm-hmm. and, um, so for us, um, anything that's like AHA or vitamin C, you definitely want to see it on the upper, on like the top five, top five, yeah. Yeah, top five um, of the ingredient list. But then let's say, for example, uh, retinol. Uh, retinol, 1% is literally the max uh, amount of retinol that you can have. And so with that, um, you probably won't see it you'll probably see it start hanging around with the preservatives, which is the bottom of the list. So it, it unfortunately, it depends on the ingredient. Um, the ones that we 
I think for us, our stance is if let's say the product's marketing is honed in on an ingredient and the ingredient is not retinol um, and it's like some fancy extract, extract active, um, but you see that hanging around the preservative preservative. Mm area that's when we would you know want you to like raise an eyebrow and be like "Mm, I don't know you know um so that's it's not a straightforward answer unfortunately but yeah that's our general stance yeah also we are we've we've said this a few times on Instagram we really don't like really long ingredient lists for the ones that take out like a box and a half and run onto the other side of the box we would say after um we, we would like to play the guess one percent marking um but for those ingredient lists you can probably assume after the tenth ingredients in there at a very very low percentage yeah, yeah. oh boy yeah we're just getting started <laughs> can, I, <laughs> can i ask a qu- question because this is actually this is just my own question because it kind of trips me up what is an active it's an ingre- it's an ingredient in the product that is actually like the change maker uh yeah that's a that's probably one way to look at it it's basically anything that is supposed to target a skin concern outside of i would say moisturizing yeah there's no set definition of actives it's mm-hmm. kind of just uh what we use internally like victoria said it's anything from active uh, ingredients that target pigmentation acne fine lines and wrinkles mm-hmm. And basically what marketing would call claim ingredients, ingredients that let them make the fancy schmancy claims. Marketing. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't wait to get more into marketing. Um, another, <laughs> All right. Staying on ingredients. So someone asked us or asked you rather, what's your top most bang for your buck ingredient? Hmm. I think it depends. Yeah. Um, my very not glamorous answer will be glycerin. Because it's, <laughs> it's in everything. Yeah, it's what we call French Red Hot. We put that in everything. <laughs> and it, it just, it's not a glamorous ingredient, but it's a very simple um, humectant that just works really great as a moisturizer. Yeah. And I think in terms of actual active, active, um, I would think niacinamide is really that one that's most bang for your buck be just because. Um, it can target a lot of different skin concerns and plays nice with a lot of other actives. So, um, yeah, from a formulator yeah. standpoint, niacinamide is the one you kind of toss it and forget it because yeah. it's just <laughs> very vanilla and simple to work with. Well, mm. I didn't know that. What are ingredients that you think are unfairly demonized? Oh, Ooh, <laughs> we can give you a book on that. <laughs> uh, well, petrolatum, the whole mineral oil category, um, I think is one of my biggest pet peeves just because, um, honestly, when all else fails and skin just is not getting any more moisturized or just can't handle anything else, petrolatum really is the go-to ingredient. So the fact that there's a lot of no-no lists that include petrolatum makes me a little sad. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, for me, it's a whole category of preservatives. Yeah. It started out with parabens, and it just kind of trickled into all aspects of it. Um, and I guess that ties in with a lot of ingredients make their way onto list for being quote-unquote sensitizers. Mm-hmm. But sensitizers, it's a difficult topic because it's like an 
allergen, right? It's highly personal and it just, um, it's dependent on concentration and all, all the other things. But I think a lot of times the ingredient, even if it irritates one out of a million people, it somehow gets tossed under the buzz wholesale. What about the, the, haven't there been studies that have shown that parabens are endocrine disruptors? And what do you think of those? Yeah. So, okay. I, I think just the overall track record, um, with every, every paper that either supports or doesn't support as an endocrine disruptor, our general stance is it just needs more data. And there's nothing necessarily that has us believing that, um, it doesn't have us believing that we should be like, oh, everything should have no parabens. Um, but that doesn't mean that we actually, we, we don't tell people that are paraben conscious to be like, no, you shouldn't care about, like, that's not something you should care about. Um, we, I, I truly believe like skincare is your own, you know, it, it is what you make of it and your, whatever your opinions, your research has led to, like, that's, that's for your, your, it, it whatever is working for you. That's all that matters. So. And for us, the reality is I think people look at um, people like us or other researchers, scientists, and they want science to be black and white. But the reality is science is it's a learning process and we're always looking at right. new data that's coming out right. and with endocrine disruptors unfortunately um, it's just a very gray area right now because right. we are constantly learning new things about it mm-hmm. and because, just because something's identified as a, a endocrine disruptor doesn't mean it's bad immediately right you have right. to look at the picture like how is it being processed is it um, getting processed by your body readily so it doesn't accumulate is it um, used at a high enough concentration to see these effects um, and something a good example that we like to point out is say salicylic acid uh, yeah. the very common acne ingredient was recently identified as a potential endocrine disruptor but it's probably 99% not as scary as it sounds. Right. And, and just even one more thing to think about, um, during this whole chemist confessions, uh, the lifespan of this blog, um, we were able to meet some really great experts in the field. And one of them, uh, is a derm that's out in, uh, Denmark. Yeah. So, um, she, after talking to her, um, she talks about endocrine disruptors um, in terms of pregnancy. And that's a field that Gloria and I absolutely will not touch because it's just we're not doctors. There's no point in us trying to speak on that behalf. But um, hearing the research that they do over there in this field, I mean, it's that it honestly has really, you know, colored or just changed, I guess, my perspective a little bit in how we view like very, um, I guess, view these topics that are just not so, like Gloria mentioned, very gray. Um, And so in the context of pregnancy, like I do understand why in certain countries, like they do consider this as something that's, yeah, definitely taken very seriously. Um, So it's, it's honestly, it just do your homework. Um, Always know that there's 
more to know about subjects like this. But yeah, and then our um, stance is also, if you are conscious about this type of issues, yeah. look at what you eat first, because a lot of it are common ingredients in processed food. Yeah. And um, somehow I feel like maybe it's because we're <laughs> in this field and, and bias, but we feel like cosmetics get a lot more limelight when, right. when ingestibles That's kind of, yeah. yeah. A lot of these like parabens you'll find in even things like mouthwash. So, yeah. Oh boy, I've never checked my mouthwash. <laughs> well, we I totally went done. off tangent there. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. Sorry if we get philosophical. <laughs> no, it's it's <laughs> okay. Okay, you've heard enough. <laughs> no, it's really helpful, and I think we we haven't. Well, I don't think we've had any scientists on the show no. yet. Period. And so, scientists who have specialized in skincare are particularly interesting and helpful to yeah. us. And, you know, Dory and I are not experts in skincare. We're just like, we've learned a lot over we the have. last couple of years, <clears throat> but we don't have, we certainly don't have scientific backgrounds. No. And, and I think what I found like with stuff like parabens is we've had listeners reach out and say like, parabens and products are terrible. Don't touch them. Or we've had listeners say like the whole thing about mm-hmm. parabens is BS. They're totally fine. And where mm-hmm. I've kind of landed uh, is that it's like, like you're saying, it's, it's up to the individual to figure out what works for them and also like do the research and kind of come to their own conclusions about what they want to put on their body. Right. Exactly. So anyway, that's my tangent. Um, (laughs) so let's talk about kind of general, some, we we got some general skincare questions and one person kind of came in hot with our serums, a scam. (laughs) <laughs> I feel like this person has some feels about yeah, Sarah. Exactly. <laughs> Seems like a leading um, question. <laughs> um, for us, it, it boils down to ingredient, right? Yeah. Some serums are definitely scams and some are not. And this is one of the biggest reasons why we do decode. Because mm-hmm. as chemists, we don't view products uh, necessarily the same way as consumers, right. right? Like for us, a lot of these categories are interconnected it's not like a serum isn't really a scientific definition of anything it's more of a marketing format so consumers kind of have an idea of what it is but to us like we still see it as a formula yeah and a serum because for us we see is it water-based is it an emulsion is it oil water water oil and these information aren't necessarily relevant to consumers but that's what we mean by we don't really see it um like a consumer Mm -hmm. so as far as serums go um again it goes back down to is the claimed ingredient backed by science Mm -hmm. um a lot of times and also what it's advertised to do right so hydrating serums most of them will probably be at least a little bit hydrating i feel like anti-aging serums (laughs) is where you get in the category that ranges from will solve a lot of problems to this really doesn't do jack crap Actually, I should add in one more thing. The higher the price tag, the more you should be digging into the ingredient list. Yeah, so uh, (laughs) we our personal internal cutoff is anything that's above, say, 100 to 130 make us raise an eyebrow. Um, So for us... Um, a hundred might be pricey for a lot of people, but mm-hmm. sometimes it depends on whether or not the brand invested money in research or clinicals and other things that may justify the price tag. Mm-hmm. Um, but anything that gets in the realm of 
a PS4. We are four hundred to five hundred dollar range. You're, We've got questions. You're, you're calling yeah. BS. Okay, well that's good to know because I dabbled in <clears throat> expensive creams this year. Nothing happened, and it was a real learning experience yeah. for me. Well, I mean, also just the idea that it could help somebody else, but I was I was yeah. definitely swayed and it titillated by the price tag. Like that in my brain <laughs> e- equated mm-hmm. better, and I know that that's not right. I mean, and also like the product experience, like I've had a philosophical thought that even the idea of paying $400 is part of the product experience. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So yeah, true. So. Yeah, no, it's it's so true. You're making this huge investment in this thing and it feels right. like an enormous deal. And it is. That's a ton of money. You know, we have been delving more and more into the topic of our skin as we get older and how we treat it and how we love it. Because look, as I'm learning in my mid-40s, as you get older, you deal with new things when it comes to your skin. Not that they're bad. They're just new. You know what I mean? Like I am now just discovering creppiness, Dory. Mm, okay. Which is okay. I visible know. on my <sighs> neck and chest. Luckily, it's a thing. It's a thing. Luckily, OneSkin, our sponsor today, knows all about things like creppiness. And I'm not overly concerned with aesthetics, but like I do just want to keep my skin healthy as I age. Totally. I love their topical supplements. They really help your skin feel, I don't want to say younger, but just vibrant, Mm. refreshed. They combine tissue engineering, data analysis, and cutting edge longevity science to literally create the world's most effective product to help with skin aging. I am particularly fond of their face topical supplement. It's essentially a moisturizer, but it has their Mm -hmm. proprietary OSO1 peptide to really help with all the parts of our skin that are exposed to environmental damage. You can use it on your face, your hands, your neck. I know here Mm -hmm. where we live in Los Angeles, our hands, we're driving. That sun is coming at us at all times. OneSkin believes the Amen. purpose of skincare is not just to improve how we look, but to optimize our skin biology so that it is more resilient to the aging process. They really create next level skincare. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and more importantly, acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code OVER50 at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code OVER50. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. And please support our show and tell them we sent you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.
Here's a question, and this is one I want to know personally. Are free radicals real, and should I be (laughs) buying products to fight them? Yeah, uh, good, great question. Uh, Free radicals are real. Um, They are... It's been known that it has a, plays a factor in causing skin cancer. Um, now, the second part of your question, <laughs> uh, to be honest, the only free radical uh, quencher that we would pay for is L-ascorbic acid. Um, outside of that, then Gloria and I... Oh, and sunscreen, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, uh, we just... Uh, we don't have a lot. The antioxidant, let, let's just say AOX testing um, and proving that it can quench free radicals gets very complicated and expensive. So it, the claim of antioxidant for a lot of these other ingredients just isn't very compelling um, just because in order to actually invest in that kind of research to prove it truly quenches free radicals uh, is very high. Yeah. So we, when we did our, um, we wrote a blog post on antioxidants and when we dive down the rabbit hole of doing yeah. research, we got like really philosophical about it. We got really sad actually. <laughs> yeah. So there's not a lot of data, but if you think about it by nature, it's a field that's hard to prove, right? right. Because the only way to show that, you know, it works is if nothing happens, right? You're preventing damage. So, um, so in in that sense, it's a category that's hard to validate to begin with. And we recommend L-ascorbic acid because it is one with a lot of data, but it also has other short-term benefits Mm -hmm. like, um, evening your skin, uh, skin tone and just wrinkle help. Yeah. General well-being. Um, but other than that, the other, other antioxidants can get expensive really fast yes. and it's hard to justify. But sunscreens go a long, long yeah. way. And they're affordable. <laughs> well, let's talk about sunscreen. Um, chemical versus mineral sunscreen. Which one is better slash safer? And I realize those are two different questions for daily use. Um, so both are safe. Um, but for us, what we know is it's very dependent on the user. Um, for example, for those who struggle with sensitive skin, we actually tend to push them towards mineral. Um, the reason why is there are certain uh, chemical filter like solubilizers and even chemical filters themselves that sometimes can have causal uh, irritation. Um, that's why there's such a mixed review with chemical. But on the other hand, with mineral, there's also a con, and the con is that it, um, or I guess a disadvantage, and that's the texture. Um, The texture is very hard to, I guess, for us to formulate with, and it can cause um, this kind of like drag and like heaviness, and that in itself can actually cause irritation as well. So it really depends on the user and whatever formula we always tell them it's like whatever formula that's going to allow you to wear it every day happily, then that's the formula you stick with, regardless if it's chemical or mineral. And we often like to say, like, you know, look at the SPF 50s to start. Um, but for those who do really struggle with sunscreen, we even tell them even if you find an SPF 30 that you're happy with like that's already you're doing yourself like so much a, a, a huge favor by using it every day than trying to use an SPF 50 like when you feel up to it you know 
Yeah, and we know that there's the um, that paper that came out a while ago with the FDA um, mm. with chemical sunscreen that was a little controversial. Yeah. We just want to point out that um, um, it's a highly regulated and very serious category. Right. Because of that paper, we see a lot of like hippy dippy shops that yeah. sell their home homemade hand blended DIY sunscreen. <laughs> don't don't do that. Like skin cancer is the the real enemy here. So. Right. What about um, the whole thing about sunscreen, like destroying coral reefs? Mm. Oh, that's such a good point. Um, so with coral reefs, zinc is your best bet. Mm-hmm. Um, and Titanium dioxide. Yeah. Um, but with that, it's probably more limited to when you go to the ocean. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't think there's truly a, a good understanding of how all of these, um, I guess, our general waste management is globally. Um, so to uh, truly understand the impact of sunscreens on the coral reef, um, it's hard. But so that's why our, we feel like, yeah, it's just if you do plan on uh, snorkeling, we'd recommend a mineral. Yeah, mm. well, That's good to know. Here's a question for you. Is there any eye cream that actually works? <laughs> Ooh. Uh okay. I I feel like for us the way it is is there's probably never gonna be an eye cream that's gonna give you like a winning percentage. Mm-hmm. Um the reason is is because the eye area concern just has way too many factors. Um it does depend on health, hydration, sleep, but at the same time bone structure. Um mm. so Pairing that with actually treating eye concerns is tough. I think the only one where I'd feel like I feel confident about is eye, the crow's feet mm-hmm. um, because that is more of a wrinkle problem. And, you know, there's retinol and retinoids, um, AHAs, things like that, that can help. Um, but otherwise, not really. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of eye creams really are kind of glorify moisturizers holding a really small tub for a lot of money. yeah <laughs> if, i mean from an ingredient perspective again like the formulas themselves there isn't a set structure that says to a chemist like this is an eye cream mm-hmm. as opposed to this is a moisturizer no um what it comes down to is actives and like victoria mentioned the actives that work for your eye area a lot of it is um similar to uh, ingredients that work for other parts of your skin, like um, the retinols, the uh, the AHAs. Obviously, around the eye area, you want to be careful with concentration and um, and whatnot. I'm not. We're not trying to tell people to put that one percent retinol around the eye tomorrow. Yeah, please Just, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but as far as paying for a little tub of eye cream, yeah. And expecting your dark circles to go away. Ugh. Yeah, weirdly enough for me, I actually uh, the the you had a follower that asked about if serums are a scam, and I feel like I'm actually more dubious of eye creams than even serums. Yeah, and another uh, another tip is with eye creams. If you want to splurge your money for eye cream, then that's what. Would say definitely go for a brand that tested it. Mm-hmm. Any sort of clinical data is helpful. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we got several variations on this question, and which is about cystic acne, and mm. people just wanted to know why does it exist, <laughs> and what can we do about it. <laughs> 
I too want to know this question. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, all right. Cystic acne is another skin concern that is really complex. Um, hormones play a huge factor. Um, and it's honestly just a lesion that starts very deep within the skin. Um, what you should do is you should see a derm. Uh, to be honest, have a great relationship with your derm and tell them your history and they better ask about your skincare routine. Um, the reason why I say this is because that's the only way they will know your previous history trying to treat it. And also they will know how to insert treatments into your current routine and really help you understand like how, first of all, how your skin may react to these treatments and then also how you know, what the typical, uh, I guess, breakout scenario will be. Because to be honest, I think the best mentality to go into like something like cystic acne is just know that it's a problem that probably will, you'll have to deal with for many years. I mean, I still deal with it. Um, Gloria sees me during my most stressful times and she'll be like, Oh, not a good day. (laughs) It's like, it's like she's, speaking to me (laughs) (laughs) with my skin. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, I, there are topicals, um, out there to manage breakouts, to speed up, um, the overall, uh, lesion, um, time length and then the healing process. But unfortunately the nature is that breakouts will always happen. Um, I, the other thing that I do mention is if let's say your derm, uh, Ask you to go on. Oh my God, the name is escaping me. Accutane. Yes, Accutane. Thank you. If your derm um, recommends you to go on Accutane after you know trying a cocktail of topicals, um, it's actually something that I probably would also think like, yeah, that's probably a good solution now. Um, Back in the day when I was in high school, I was also um, given a chance to use Accutane, but. At that time, the dosing was quite strong, and there was a lot of really um, intimidating side effects. And so I never actually went on that, so I I can't really speak in terms of experience. But both my siblings ended up going on Accutane for cystic acne and have had great results. Um, Apparently, the dosing is a lot smaller now. um, And so with that, uh, yeah, that's one thing that I do recommend. Um, Yeah. Did I answer your question? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. No, that's been a constant topic of this yeah. podcast. A question from listeners constantly is cystic acne. I mean, it's something you deal with your whole life. It's maddening. Right. Here, right. Uh, here's something people have asked that I feel like I've never, we've never landed on a real answer for this. What order is honestly, in all caps, the correct mm-hmm. way to apply your products? We get that question a lot. Um, for us, we have a pretty simple stance um, on layering order. We go from most water to least water. Mm. Um, reason being the top layer of your skin, the stratum corneum, it's mostly fatty um, dead cells. So water doesn't absorb very easily. So if you have a water-based um, serum or toner or, or treatment, it's not going to absorb very well 
if you layer it after anything with oils, it's not going to get into your skin at all. Mm -hmm. So um, you start with your water-based stuff like toners, Mm -hmm. serums, gels, and then you get into your creams and oils. Mm -hmm. And that's the general layering guide. And even if you have a serum, but if it's marketed as an oil-based serum, you definitely want it to come after your water-based products. And do you want your face wet? Like this is something I hear all the time. You want you want your face to be wet to absorb the other products? Is that right? So there's actually um so when your face is saturated, it actually does absorb a lot better mm-hmm. because um like I mentioned uh, your skin's mostly fatty, so when it's saturated in hydration, the water-based ingredients penetrate much, much better. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why, say, after you use a sheet mask or whatnot, mm-hmm. um, your, those actives will go better. But most of the time, it doesn't mean your face needs to be super damp. Like post-washing yeah, is fine. Like okay, dripping <laughs> wet. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't have to be dripping. <laughs> Okay. Well, that's that's a relief for my sink area because that I is... often am like, <laughs> spritzing my face until it's dripping. <laughs> yeah, that is really good to know. Um, is there any proof behind collagen, either topical or as a supplement? All right. Uh, proof as a topical? No. Uh, consider if you see like hydrolyzed col- uh, collagen, think of it more as hy- more for hydration more than anything. Um uh, in terms of ingestibles, we are curious. Um, we've seen a couple clinicals out there that definitely were like, hmm, maybe if I had the budget for it, I would. Um, they seem to see some improvements in overall skin health um, by ingesting, I believe, 10 grams a day. Um, and this is using marine collagen. Um, so, we're curious, but know that it's a pretty expensive investment. And I believe they had people uh, taking this for 12 weeks at least um, to really see any sort of result. Yeah. Okay. So just surprisingly curious, I guess. Yeah. I, and I think because it's a hot field, we are excited to see uh, more data that comes out from it. I think of the beauty shows we went to this past year, every show had a supplement or two. There are those like kind of cuckoo ones that have no data whatsoever, but the mushroom stuff has been mystified. (laughs) But the mushroom has been blessed and it will give you beautiful skin. That we're skeptical about, but we have met a few brands with um, their take on collagen or collagen um, enhancing supplements that are trying to do their clinicals and um, very happy about. Yeah. So with um, I guess this coming year, uh, we are expecting a lot more data. Are plant-based retinol alternatives as effective as the real deal? No, no. Um, I, I guess this question is directed towards Baku, Baku Kiel, um, the new plant-based alternative that's all the rage right now. Um, actually, as far as new ingredients go, we think it's pointing at least towards the right direction. Mm-hmm. Um, but for what, what people sometimes forget is the sh- quantity of data right. matter. Um, retinol and retinoids have been tested for decades. And Baku Kiel has maybe 
a handful of studies. Like I would say, and we, they're like small studies. Yeah, we've yeah. seen probably two clinicals yeah. that indicate that it may have similar activity as retinol, um, which isn't really enough to say, oh, this is definitely a one-to-one retinol replacement. Right. Um, the the advice we always give is for bakuchiol, the use level is on par with the retinol, so yeah. you need you need to use it. Uh, between 0.3 to 0.5 uh, upwards to 1%. Mm-hmm. So again, concentration matters. Don't use um, products that don't disclose that information. And it's probably only rec- if you if you're already comfortably and happily using a retinol, mm-hmm. it is unnecessary to make the switch. But if you're like me and have have a lot of trouble with the retinoids, then maybe it's uh then it is a good alternative to try. Yeah, exactly. Let's switch gears and talk about you and yours oh, oh. <laughs> and your skincare routines and also your products because yeah. as a person who loves products I now want every single one of the products that you make but could you tell us and our listeners what your own personal skincare routines are like yeah sure I'll, I'll go first uh my routine is incredibly lazy um <laughs> I, I, it, I sometimes feel like I'm a scam because like, you know, we give all this knowledge and then they'll ask us about like what we use. And I'm like, oh, unfortunately, because we keep traveling, like my routine is like at a min. Um, so uh, what I currently have on my table is a cleanser, our blank slate. And um, I use, I'm back on retinol. Um, we just did uh, an AHA launch. So after that, I'm now back on retinol and, uh, and then I just moisturize uh, and then sunscreen during the day. So really for products, right? That's for, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's really all I use. And that's great. Yeah, and, hmm? oh, I was going to say like the same moisturizer morning and night, same, cl- your yeah. same cleanser, no need to be adding to that list, huh? Right. And I I have oily skin, so there are times where I actually don't use moisturizer during the day. Like I'll cleanse, I'll have my uh, the retinol treatment that I'm using right now is is can function as a moisturizer as well, and then having the um, sunscreen on top. Yeah. Okay. What is your most popular product? Oh, I'm curious. But well, hold on, we need both. Oh, sorry. Yes. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Slow down. Okay. Okay, um, what's been very convenient in this partnership is that we have really different skin. Yeah. Mine is definitely dry. I get, this is now a humble brag, but I only get maybe a handful of pimples every other year. Mm-hmm. But my skin is super dry mm-hmm. and this is not helped by us traveling so much um so my routine is a little bit more layer heavy than victoria um especially when we were developing our cleanser we are like my drawer was like a revolving door of different cleansers we're testing at the time and that really dried out my skin so at that time my staple was um was aquafix because i feel like every dry skin person really needs a hydrating serum that works for them that's your because for me that's your product right yeah, yeah, that one, that one's our product. And, um, <laughs> to me, it's a difference maker regardless of what I layer on top. Um, and what, and we try so many new products. So the moisturizer that follow Aquafix, sometimes it's our oil. Um, if I'm keeping it simple, sometimes it's a new moisturizer that I'm trying out or just different formulas, um, that 
we're working on or just testing out to try to yeah. understand more. Um, I am a big fan of AHAs is my staple. Mm. Um, when we travel, I'm honestly a little too lazy to use an AHA every night, mm. but we, um, I do use an AHA mask um, once a week or so. Mm. And oh, and during the day, I do use vitamin C. Mm. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I will say um, when we were doing the cleanser formula, Ugh. that was like probably our worst skin phase because we had to like try so many different formulas a day. <laughs> so that was not fun. That was period. not good. We we washed our face and then our arms got really dry because we we're like, oh, we can't wash our face four times a day. Let's wash our arms eight times a day. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I can't even imagine what that must have been like. <laughs> well, you must sound very clean. Occupational <laughs> hazard. Yeah, a little too clean. Well, let's let's yeah. talk about your products because again, like I said, I now want them all. Mm-hmm. Um and you've kept it very like you're extremely transparent and you've kept it very I don't want to say simple, but like it's very straightforward. I feel like what you've what you've made. So could you tell us about what that has been like and and what your products like, you know, tell us about your products and, and why you believe in them. Yeah. I mean, so I think Gory and I, our stance is the market is completely oversaturated. So it was important for us to make sure we could provide solutions that we thought were unique and really could function more as tools that you could integrate into your routine, as opposed to like, a full blown line that we're telling you to like replace your entire routine with what we have. You know, um, I just don't think nowadays that's going to be the case. Um, there will always be something new that we're fascinated to try. Um, but we want to be able to provide these like staples that you will know exactly how your skin responds to this format. And what I mean by that is like with the moisturizer line that we created first, um, we, we were just trying to solve the problem of like moisturizers are just that category that's just like forgotten. You're it's archaic that you're stuck into this mindset of I give you three solutions. You get a dry, you get a normal and you get an oily combo skin like solution. But you don't have any control of just how nourishing it is, just how oils oily skin friendly it is, you know. Um on top of that it's going to vary per brand. So even if let's say you try to shop in the oily category, oily skin category for moisturizers, it can vary across. And so we wanted to prevent, prevent people from just like dumping their moisturizer and then chasing the next thing. So Gore and I, when we looked at the category, we were like, well, why don't we just cr- try to create the best in class per moisturizing category. So what that means is you have the way we see it, there's three categories. There's your water molecules. These we call humectants. Um, these are your hyaluronic acid, your glycerins and th- all these, wa- um, just basically hydrators. And the second one is your emollients. These are your light uh, oils that just kind of smooth the skin and give you that glow. And the third category are your heavy duty balms, waxes, your petrolatum, um, which is really going to just seal in the moisturizer keep, uh, and keep the water molecules from evaporating out, which is the cause of dry skin. So what we see is like, if we give you these tools, you have basically everything you will need to adjust as your skin changes, because we got to face it, our skin's like moisturizing needs are just going to change throughout our entire life. Um, like 
post-menopause, your skin just becomes a lot drier. Um, you go through stress, things change. You're suddenly now extremely, you have more of like combination skin. Um, so it's just important to like provide what we see as like more boosters to mm -hmm. really, um, elevate your skincare routine and adjust as you need instead of having people just like hit the reset button and feel like they have to start all over again. Uh, hope that made sense. <laughs> yeah, and that's kind of the philosophy we have develop developing our whole line. Yeah. Um, I don't think you'll you'll never see us with like 80 products out there. Yeah. You know, we want to continue with this um, idea of under your understanding your skin through education, understanding ingredients. Mm -hmm. So um, with the with our Actives line, we just launched um, Baby Steps, our first acid treatment. We have a few others coming, yeah. <laughs> um, but the idea is to give you something that's really highly concentrated and give you that option of kind of playing around with the percentage a little bit by using it as a booster yeah. and as a true booster because the concentration is there. Right. So you can adjust based on your skin's condition. Right. Oh, boy. I, I mean, I feel all. like I know and I feel like I could talk to both of you for another like three hours but we will, <laughs> we will let you go um, it has been such a pleasure talking to you i feel like i learned so much yeah oh. i'm gonna retire my eye cream situation <laughs> wow yeah, right we, we, yeah those questions were awesome yeah sorry if we ramble a yeah. lot and go on tangents a lot we do that a lot there's a lot to talk about yeah so interesting and informative well, thank you all again so much. It's chemistconfessions.com, chemistconfessions on Instagram. Yeah. It's the best. Yeah. We are very informed now. I don't know what else to say. That's it. That's it. You thank you both changed so changed our much. lives. Thank yeah. you all so much. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah. I've learned so much. I have learned so much. I just... Talk about reframing the narrative. Yeah, reframing my skin skin narrative mm -hmm. or my skin brain yeah uh, well it kind of aligns with my intention yeah for let's talk about it yeah. anyway dory yes last week you did not want to stress while you were traveling correct and how did it go okay which is as good as we can expect exactly and how is your dumb elbow it still hurts wow. but you know what i am learning how to care for it and i am committing to making like physical therapy a priority good so i think that will help great yeah so we'll see it feels sometimes it's better sometimes it's not i bought some cbd thc lotion for it okay i can't tell if that's working but okay you know trying all the things all right what do you have for this first week of 2020 very very simple intention i want to go swimming yeah my gym has a pool which I have swum in a few times, but I recently ordered a new bathing suit and I'm excited to get back into it. Do you have a swim cap and some goggles and all the of good stuff? I do. You know, I recently did this too, where I ordered a bunch of, because I swim laps at my community pool. Mm. Swimming feels so good. It does. Yeah, it and does. you are a competitive swimmer. I was, I mean, not anymore, but I was, you know, all through high school. You could join a swim team as an adult. <sighs> you know... I find that most master swim teams are filled with people who swam competitively in college. That sounds intense. And it's kind of a, it's a different level. Sounds like a lot. Yeah. Like I was okay, but I wasn't a good enough swimmer to swim in college. And 
haven't really swum consistently for about 25 years. <laughs> um, and it's just, I don't think it's really my vibe. And again, and sort of going back to what you were saying earlier about yes. just having hobbies for the sake See of hobbies. See how I just did it? Yeah. I'm kind of like, I don't need that. I don't, I don't need to be on a team and like oh, go to meets and stuff. And just do stuff for the sake of doing it. It's yeah. so hard for me to shift my thinking on that. No, I get it. It's our society. Oh man. Well, I want to roll into 2020, not on social media. Yeah. It feels so hard. It is hard. It's hard not sharing things. I want to do it. I know. I get it. So I'm just going to kind of push myself out of my comfort zone on this one this week and kind of keep it up and see how it feels. I would like to dip a toe back onto Instagram. I okay. just don't know how to Instagram. You know, like Facebook and Instagram, the apps, they are not, um, you're not able to block them with a content blocker. Oh. Like I use a content blocker called Freedom. Uh-huh but it, it does not limit your time on them. And I don't find the Apple little like your social media time is done. Yeah. You thing don't find very, that effective. I don't find it effective. I just like hit ignore and I dig yeah, back in. I know I do the same thing. So I don't have a good system yet for using it, for setting good boundaries, healthy boundaries with my social media apps. So until I can set healthy boundaries, my boundary is like not happening right now. That's fine. So there we go. All right. Well, I'm happy to be into this new decade with you. Me too. Excited to go on this ride. Same. Together. Um, listeners, do you have intentions for 2020? Do you not? Do you want to tell us why or what they are? You can call us at 781-591-0390 or email us at forever35podcast at gmail.com. And you can join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash forever 35 podcast. The password there is serums. Hey, thanks Facebook group mods. Oh yeah. Big thanks to you Big for all your you. support and help this last year. Yeah. If you like the show, you can leave us a review on Apple podcast. You could tell a friend, you can mention us in social media. Again, only Dory will be seeing it. That's true. Unless I sneak on and don't tell Which anybody. Which you sometimes do. I do. I always fess up. <laughs> you do. Um, and a reminder that all the products we mentioned on the show are always on our website, forever35podcast.com. You can also follow us on Instagram, where Kate will not be checking, <laughs> at forever35podcast, and on Twitter, at forever35pod. But you can find me here at Forever 35 because it is hosted and produced by Dory Shafrir and by me, Kate Spencer, and produced and edited by Sammy Munio. Thank you all. Happy New Year. Woohoo.